Back to Natural with John and Courtney is a lifestyle podcast exploring the entrepreneurial culture in a practical way. Tune in to hear these two millennials balance their six businesses, small town politics, nonprofit, and a new baby who refuses to sleep through the night. This is Act Natural with John and Courtney. This is Act Natural with John and Courtney, and today we're going to talk about work-life balance. Do we actually get along? Can you balance a job and a child and a wife? Do we like one another? Everything today on the Act Natural Show and how it applies to you. That's right. So let's jump in. What is it like working together, John? Well, you're amazing, and I like you a lot. But I think that we're very much uh, opposite people. I think more so like what it's like working with Henry is I have never been more distracted in my life. I'm used to being able to speak, have a long conversation about something, and have not a lot of distractions. And with Henry, I think one of the things that I didn't know the most of was how demanding of time Henry is. And it's not something that you can work in. Henry's been this whole other life almost and everything has to fit around him and that's been the hardest adjustment having I think a small family and trying to be I don't know just work you know trying to I'm I'm so responsible for all the problems that happen at both coffee shops and the Fernway Fox and Fox Weddings and so so much has to go into figuring things out so when you're trying to figure something out and then like talk with you like we were trying to talk in the car and then Henry just starts crying. It's right. like, oh my gosh, like I can't finish anything. Even like even right now, like we're recording a podcast and it's, it's almost like time. a Yeah, it's like a time bomb. It's like we're just waiting for him to wake up and then there goes three hours. I know? get that. I understand. It's been a challenge since baby. It's also been nice to have um, an excuse. What do you mean excuse? So Henry is the perfect excuse for getting out of something. Oh, see that? And that's how we're a little bit different. I think I really welcome a challenge and want to dive into the details and and work really hard. And yeah, so if you had to say what it's like working with someone that's your opposite, I would say challenging and rewarding if I had to put it like that. I would say challenging and tiring. (laughs) I am not rewarded at the end. I am exhausted. Yeah. That's something we found ourselves at the shop until 11 o'clock of last week or the week before or something. And you looked at me and you were like, how do you feel? Like, are you proud of us? Like, we're going home. We got it done. And I'm like, no. Like, I don't feel better about myself for putting in the late hours. You feel tired. I feel tired. See, it's like, for me... At the end of a long day, when I when I really feel like I've done my best, that exhaustion is almost like a reward. It's like, yeah, I mean, you've done this. Like, you've been to war. Like a scar, you know? Like, I'm proud of the work that I've put in and what I've done. And it's all for a reason, right? Like, I really believe that every minute that I live, that I'm accomplishing something. I view a problem as it has so many minutes till it's solved. So every minute that I work on a problem, I feel like I'm closer to the end of it. And I think you've shown me that that's probably the case um, because we will work on something 
and talk about something and talk about something and talk about something and talk about something and then eventually it just clicks or it takes this many times getting it wrong before it's finally completed and it's the right answer but all of that work in the meantime is not a reward for me and I it's it's not that I don't have a hard work ethic it's that I just don't enjoy working that is not something that is fun for me to do I'm not a workaholic I'm not do you think that I am a workaholic though? yes like, I do addicted to working like that degree of you it. may not be anymore but you definitely have been in the past you've definitely been like this is my escape is like okay we spent time together now I'm gonna go to work yeah or you vacation know. was really difficult yes that used to be such a chore for you and I know you were just trying so hard you were like Courtney wants to you know go out or we, she wants to spend time with these people or this you know whatever yeah. and I could just see you counting the minutes until you could be back in the office I was so much in my head and like I still am now but I not nearly like it no, was before. And now you can actually relax on a vacation. Now it's like you say, I want to get out of town. I got to go have a break. Let's just call it a night. Is you know. Yeah. So you're much more balanced. But it has been that way before. I don't yeah. want it to seem like I'm no, the only one over here yeah. one-sided. No, and I totally agree. I feel like, you know, it comes down to what I believe my purpose is. And I feel like I was destined to be able to figure out how to build a self-sustaining structure that makes long-term impact in Nepal. And I needed to do that in a very economical, like financial way. I needed to be able to figure that out. And I, I felt like I could not rest until that was done. Something happened where we were accomplishing all of these goals and things were going great. And the process was almost figured out. Like we raised money for our first library and that was done and then the staff was figured out and everything was going good but I couldn't get off of that so I feel like the that pressure did turn me into someone that could not rest I mean I've not slept in a very long time now I will say your sleep deprivation is so much more than mine you are up with Henry you are feeding Henry you're taking care of him and you do so much more that I can't physically do so it's it's so much more on you make milk there you go for the win, you're amazing machine, you. It's so awesome. <laughs> I almost made, like, machine sounds, and then no, it felt very that. robotic. So I guess the question was, though, I guess because we keep on running off on tangents, though, what has it been like working through that? Because you've grown so much of really not understanding where I've been coming from with this insane drive. And I feel like this story is really similar because I've talked to a lot of couples. I'm not going to mention any of the people's names, but I've we've talked to a lot of people, and it seems to be like either it's the wife or the husband. Either one of those is this driving passion, right, super go-getter, and the other one's more chill, like opposites attract. Well, this struggle has, I mean, it's been, this has been one of the hardest things in my life, I think, figuring out how to become more balanced and like respect your viewpoints and to know the boundaries of like time spent on work I mean I, without getting too you know into it I mean how do you think we're doing I mean I where think, do you think we're at so we're doing better let me start off by saying that um if I'm gonna start at the beginning it all comes from expectations yeah so you've got your beginning of your relationship expectations of like I just want to 
you know, fall in love and I don't want to work. You know, I just want to <laughs> get to know each other. But then whenever we started a project so early on in our relationship that was all-consuming, then so much of who we are in our own relationship became... The work. Uh, the work. Yeah. And it became... Um, any extra minute is spent on that. Your conversations are, you know, guided by that. And um, eventually it was like, okay, well, what else is there besides the work? And for me, that was everything. Right. But for me, it was not enough. Right. Because I think at the end of the day, it's great that we're working on this project and it has become so consuming, but, you know... I want the rest of that love story in there, too. Yeah. And I think that we've really been able to find that since since then. But then we have our expectations with marriage and what that means and who's supposed to do this. and. I wish so badly, and I don't want to cut you off, but I really wish so badly that we would have been able to sit down or been encouraged to sit down and list all of the expectations that we thought the the role had right like what is a wife what do I expect of that position what do I expect of like my wife to do and it even sounds weird saying it doesn't like what do you mean you expect me to do something my wife my wife you better step away from my wife no um I just had all of these extremely traditional views on like what a wife should be and what a wife is and I automatically assumed that Courtney had the same views on everything because we didn't disagree a lot but then again we didn't have much time to disagree because everything was so focused on project right and so we weren't able to have a, a discussion and come to terms before we got married on what we thought that I should be doing and what you should be doing and I jumped into working right away um, like with teaching yeah I got a job teaching right after graduation. We were still continuing our missions with Letters in Motion, and I believe Runway Fox started shortly after that in my first year of teaching, I think. And in my first year of teaching is when we got married, too. And so there's a lot going on, and there's not really room for, I expected you to do this, you know, well, I expected you to do this. And those kind of arguments are just, there just wasn't really room for it. But I think in the end, or I guess where we find ourselves now, we found found more of a balance with it. It's a huge help that I don't have the traditional work schedule anymore. We still work together. Some. Yeah. Some. I think that we do. I would qualify the 20%, some. 20%. Maybe 20%. This is working together right now. We're Absolutely. working. But, I mean, as all in all, like, so, you know, everything that I'm involved in, everything that I do, and that's 100, right? Your involvement in that in on the forefront what percentage do you think i would say it's less i would say um less than before maybe 30 30 sure because i also put all the brainstorming sessions you have to i'm gonna put that under that's that's work. bandwidth being spent that's it time is. it's being my spent. time being spent working on your problems yeah see i i view it as like our problems sure our time running together yeah. to accomplish a common goal. But I think the goals might be different. And and for me, I believe that putting in the time and putting in the work to accomplish what I want, right? So what do I want? I want 
and to kind of overlap with what you're saying, I want a house, right? I want, I want a I want, house. I want a big yard, right? I don't need a big yard. I want a German Shepherd. I love German I Shepherds. I do not need a German okay, Shepherd. Okay, this is not going very well. I want uh, I want a car. We have one vehicle, right? Oh, I yeah. sold the car to uh, to get the building. <laughs> yeah. So I like the car we have. Yeah. So I wanted I want that. So all these things add up to this big goal, right? That goal equals X amount of hours. Let's say it's 100,000 hours of work, right? So then I'm totally okay with sacrificing the majority of my day to put in the work so I can cash that in early. And early, I mean by 30. You know, I'm 27, birthday's in August. So, you know, 30 years old, if I put in this time, man, I'm going to cash in, right? I'm going to get the house, the car, not the dog, right? <laughs> Half the yard because you don't care much about it. And then I'll have all this stuff going. So I, I view that as it's so singular. It's there. But what you've taught me is, well, we have to take pauses and we have to have a life beyond that. I think the workaholic thing is where that becomes life. Right. And everything else becomes secondary. And work should never be primary. And man, just saying that is hard for me because... I love work so much. Man, I love it. I love the stress of it. I love the pressure. And I love it. I love the result of that work. Yeah. I love seeing that finished wedding film. I brings tears to my eyes. I love seeing these people in our coffee shop drinking our coffee, bringing their family here, yeah. out-of-towners, making memories, going on dates. Now, listen, I, and I'm going to be straight, right? So... This is the difference between a, a, like a, a business owner. I think someone who, they must enjoy the fight. Like you will never build anything if you don't enjoy the fight. But someone who wants to build a business that is like married to someone who might enjoy having a business. And I don't think that we have this figured out yet, but I feel like we've come an extraordinarily like long way. And my perspective has been so greatly impacted by Courtney's enjoyment of like small moments and what life honestly should be about. And Henry, I think, was what tipped the scale for me. When I saw how fast like Henry is growing up, when I saw that we brought life into this world, oh my gosh, the most magical thing, it shifted it for me where that ended my I must work all the time. This is what all is about. Like I've Because come, he changes every day. Yeah. I've come home early. Like I used to come home at like Late, man. Oh, I know. We're like 10 o'clock, 10, 11, and then we were I just... I turn around, and you're here now, and I'm like, what are you doing here? You know, I'm just right? surprised. Get back out of the house. So what advice would, would you give to people that are like us? I don't have advice. <laughs> I don't know if I do either. I, I don't know either. I think going back to expectation and laying that out and creating like a game plan. If it's going to be opposites, then there has to be some type of mutual understanding. Because so much of everything that I do is, can be like misunderstood, you know? The, the reason for the work and behind that. And then the lack of showing appreciation for small moments, you know? Right. Like, um, I think it's really important that we both make time for each other to go on walks John and I. I love that we do that. John and I go on walks. Like? Two, three, four times a day. Yeah, dare say five. Dare say five if we're really working on a problem. And, and that's part of it. We go on walks for different reasons. So John will say, I'm working on a problem. Can we talk about it? 
And so for me, I'm going to need a walk after my walk because that was not enjoyable for me, but it was necessary and it was important for him. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. And then later at the end of the day, whenever it's dusk or it's a little bit like cooler outside, I'm going to say, John, let's go on a walk so we can go be out in this air. And he's like, yes, absolutely. Let me pause where I am editing. Let me come back to this um, tonight um, and let's go. Let's go before the sun sets. And you make time for us, yeah. and, and we do that together. So I think that's one thing that no matter what, we always come together to do. We always make time for that, and even though the walks may be for different purposes, they may serve different purposes, um, it's something that I think is kind of like our middle ground. Where do you think that in your past that you've learned that? How how'd your parents teach you? Is your, was your mom and your dad... Opposites and opposites and different. I mean, I think about mine, but what about yours? Okay, so that's interesting. Because um, your dad's so cool, like Don <laughs> Pearson. He's so cool. He's a ex Marine, um, air evac uh, mechanic. So cool. We did a bunch of films with him. Don's He's a lemonade. Cool guy. Everyone yeah. that knows my dad knows how awesome he is. Really big beard, loves to cook. They automatically decide that he's the coolest dad ever and then, you know, just accept it. Just there you go. The yeah. title, coolest dad ever. Well, how is he? Because, like, I, I think he's changed. Like, I look at him, I'm thinking, man, he's done a lot. Like, he's accomplished. He's, like, right now, he's in Yellowstone, right? Right. He's in Yellowstone National Park, and he's over there um, managing uh, different cabins, and... It's kind of like the simple life. So he'll... Back to the basics. Yeah, back to the basics. He will um, help solve problems and stuff. Um, anything from housekeeping to maintenance to giving someone directions to purposely asking them about their trip to give that person the joy of sharing a good story. And it's it's all about just being outside. And I think he's... He's loving it. Yeah, and I think he, he's really chill. But was he always like that? So, no. Um, and part of that is because of his stressful professions. Um, he always had a lot of stress on him. He always had a lot of uh, expectations and a lot of responsibility. And um, whenever I think about my dad, I think about the burly, you know, mustache, beard, jolly man who laughs. But then other memories flash in my head like him reaching for his phone all the time, looking for it, checking all the pockets before he can finally find it and, um, you know, give a sigh of relief. Yeah, because, like, that's going to be... I remember where you were living in Jackson, or I guess he was living in Jackson. Yeah, and I'll go over and spend time with you guys, and then he'd get a call, and it might it might be late, and then, boom, he's gone. Yeah. Or, or like, we'd go visit him on a Sunday, and then it would be, like, 10 o'clock or 2 o'clock, whatever, and he'd just now be getting in from, like, a super long night of work. Like, oh, yeah. That's really... A lot. I mean, where do you think that you got your chillness from or your outlook on life? Okay, so I think that we always had a time for work and a time for family time. Mm. That was always the situation in my house growing up. And um, I guess my dad is a really good example of that, that um, he always worked really, really hard um, whenever he did, whenever he was on the clock. And other times, too, he would volunteer. He would say, you know, I'm just I'm just gonna put in the extra time, even if it's not necessary. Yeah, because like you grew up some of your life inside of play 
Pueblo, Mexico. Puebla, Mexico. Don't laugh at me for that. That's okay. We, yeah, it was a missionary family. We were a missionary family um, down there in central Mexico, an hour away from Mexico City. And uh, my parents were called to a specific project of constructing a Bible college to train um, pastors, basically. Do you think that he worked harder on that project than he did on being an air evac? Like, the intensity of it. Like, because that's a long time ago. And air evac was like, okay, well, you're dealing with like international stress, the stress of living outside of Tennessee. That's his element, right? Cultural. Back to the basics. I guess you could say it's his element. He had to deal with like, Someone's trying to, you know, scam us out of money and, you know, there's no laws. I mean, there's laws, but it's like the Wild West. I mean, it's just just crazy. This is taking me way back so long ago. There's always trash. You keep on saying about stress, though. You think, like, stress is a big deal to the intensity of, like, his work? Yeah, okay. This is all coming together in a very kumbaya way right now. So much of my upbringing was stressful situations. Yeah. So we're stressed about this. I put extra stress on myself for school. It wasn't like my parents had super high expectations. They were just like, yeah, we have A-B students. Like, I mean, A-B kids. Like, my my kids are A-B. They were cool with it. They were cool with it. They're like, they're all really smart. They don't get C's. Well, they might in math. Like, kind of like, excuse it. Sure. But, um, you know... They were like, we're, we're good kids. Yeah. Um, they cared more about our happiness and our behavior mm. instead of our grades or our... Um, Your work. Like, our performance. Like, we were involved in sports. My brother is still, to this day, crazy athletic. But it wasn't a requirement. Mm. We didn't have to be number one. It wasn't like that scene in um, Breakfast Club. God, number one. Number one. (laughs) It wasn't like that. You know, I was like, you go, girls. You you go out there and you guys play. Well, you talk about, a lot about, like, your... My parents had t-shirts that had my my number on them. Courtney's mom. I love it. Abby's mom. You know, and it was so much more about making memories and being together as a family and having friends over and it was about building the best life you can build based on stories and family time i love what chapter so much are you in i'm in the chapter of middle school okay well tell me about the friendships the family trips um special times like i i think back on happiest moments of my life and it's like i'm waking up late you know like eight or nine in the morning (laughs) I come into the kitchen, and my dad and my Uncle Dan are, like, got that groggy coffee voice. Like, they just woke up, and, like, they're, like, drinking coffee, talking about nothing. Yeah. They're talking about nothing. Maybe they're reminiscing to old times, or or maybe they're, like, looking out the window. Oh, that Robin's back. It doesn't <laughs> matter. It doesn't matter, it's but so it's so light. Happy. Yeah. And it fills me, and I'm just like, ha, huh, and I go to the French press and I pour myself a cup and I sit there and soak it all in. Yeah. And it's happy. And then like other times I wake up late. My sister's <laughs> oh my already getting ready. It's not all about sleeping, I, I don't promise. Know. <laughs> and my sister's got, you know, 
Kings of Leon honor, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she was the playlist of my life. She knew what I wanted before yeah. I knew I wanted to listen to Every it. Every time I ever stayed there, there was always music going. There was always, Don was, like, always in the kitchen or outside grilling something. There was always some sort of story being told. Yes. And that was so unique for me, like, coming in from an outsider into that. Not that my family never told stories, but it was so enjoyable. It was, like... We're together, and it was all about that togetherness. They're very close-knit. I'm kind of close with my family. Nowhere, not even on the same scale, if you talked about closeness, that you are with yours. We're, like, woven. Like, my mom is going to come up and, like, give me a back rub or, you know, check on my brother and my... It's, it's just... We're all just... Close, but not in like a creepy way. I feel like when you talk about families being close, it's always <laughs> like, I don't know. No, we were just like, we genuinely wanted to hang out together. Part of that's because for a while, like my brother and I didn't have other friends because we moved so much. Mm. So we'd be like, yeah, I got those friends from third grade in Virginia. And it'd be like, cool. No, I've, I just, I've always wor- wondered about your dad and like the impact that he's had on your life because his job had been so stressful. I think that you'd seen that like really weigh on him and and like tax him right and that the reverse of that was like hey there's this moment there's these moments that are are not consumed with that and we're going to make the most of them and so why not spend more time working as hard as i can to have those great memories and those great moments with my new family now yeah than to spend that extra energy on a project now i am not naive the projects lead to results. No, like the results lead to you know money in the bank account, sure. so that we can have a house, so that we can you know not be wet during the rainstorm. Oh, you know, gosh. and and I'm not naive like that. It's just my default setting is relaxing, yeah. and then I go to work. I just I've never thought of like real honesty. Like I didn't know where this conversation was going to go. But I really feel like... I've enjoyed it. No, I have too. Like, I've gotten to talk about my that, fam, what? kicking it. But thinking about, like, the re- I always try to trace things back to why, and that makes a lot of sense. Like, he has had an enormous, like, stressful job, and he created this environment where it was all about those moments outside of work. And it's not that there's a devaluation of, like, I don't think that's a word, actually. Like, there's no devaluing of work itself. No. At all. But it, it's not what it was about. And I think in, in contrast with, like, for me... And I have to pause and say, my mother, too. Definitely my mother, too. It was not just my dad. Yeah, It's absolutely. all of us. I mean, we just got back from Memphis, like, spending time with your with your mom. And it's, it was an awesome, like, relaxing trip. But mine was different. And I am thankful for my childhood. I'm, I'm happy about it. It, it also very much made you who you are. There's the statement. Got that out of the way. My... It was hard, man. Like, we owned a barbecue pit. It was whole hog barbecue. It was, they, we could cook up, cook up to, like, six hogs at a time. I was a teenager. I was young. I was 12. That's not a teenager. I was 12. I was working in the mines. Preteen. Oh, my goodness. Digging out all of that pit grease, solidified with that sand, forming concrete, digging it out with the pickaxe in the corners, shoveling it all up, and, and throwing it on this almost fake island built up from all the ash. It was very difficult. And I was always greasy and dirty, and these hogs, like, yield lots of grease, like 10 gallons of grease apiece. And so you burn down the hickory wood, you get a long shovel, you get those coals, you take them into the pit, you fire the hog, it 
cooks for 24 hours. You get the hog, you put it inside, and you got to clean that pit. You got to make sure it's hot when you clean it out, so not, none of the grease like solidifies at the bottom. Yeah, that was my life, man. How are you not a vegetarian? Yeah. <laughs> I still like barbecue, but I didn't eat barbecue for a very long time because it's like, you know, eat from what your business is of. And so we did that. So I really learned what working was and how hard it was and how difficult it was and the re- and the reward of it. But I did not see any reward while I was doing that. Mm. But I swore to myself, and it's so funny that we're actually getting back to what it is. I swore to myself I would never do anything in food service, that I'm done, huh. that I'm going to do it. I'm going to develop some skill. I'm going to make a ton of money sitting down and thinking of things. I'm going to figure problems out, and I'm going to make lots of money doing that. Wow. Didn't work out very well. <laughs> it, mean, it kind of Yeah, did. I mean, it did with, like, weddings and, and, like, marketing plans. But then here we are, Court. I know. Two coffee shops in. And I then know. now we're making this consideration of doubling down on food. And it's like... I'm getting, it's in my blood though, all right? I know. My family were missionaries as well. And so those times inside of the car, going from church to church on deputation, that was difficult for me. I did not like that. And so I had a lot of time with my family. And we got on each other's nerves a lot. I mean, I still keep up with like my sisters. I have three sisters and a little brother, but it's not every day. Like I call my dad, what'd you say every day? Every other day? I call my mom and dad every day, every other day? Every other day. Yeah. But, I mean... When Which is really good. A lot of people don't do that. Yeah. So, now, I think that we've done really well with my family and, like, having a relationship with them and, like, getting back to that. But for a while, it was nowhere near that. In our story time, I mean, I don't know. It was primarily around the grandparents. Like, my granny and pappy on my dad's side and mama and papa on my mom's side. That was a really quality time that we spent with them. But... I don't know. I mean, my example is working at the barbecue pit. My like example of what I grew up around was playing baseball, but it was very intense. I mm-hmm. mean, it was to be the best. You know, I don't. I don't think I ever was. I don't think I wasn't very good. Um, I t- I'm sure you were. I played great. travel ball and made all stars at ooh, Dixie ooh. Youth. What? What? In Henderson, Tennessee. But it was. It was rough, and I remember very distinct very distinctly the decision I made when the coach came by and was at the barbecue pit. Okay. There was this moment in my childhood when I think it was, I was 12 years old and the coach of the Cubs came by and was talking to me about, um, signing up for another year because he's getting his team together and he met us at the barbecue pit. And I was thinking, I can't, I can't play ball. I have so much work to do. I can't play that. Like, I have to save money. And it was young. You think you were 12? I was young, man. Yeah, because I didn't play anything in high school, and it was long before that. It was way before that. And I might have been a bit older. I'm terrible about time. But I made the decision to not. I was like, no, that's over now. It's time to work. That's amazing. And it was, I was young. I didn't even start my sports yet. And listen, like, I, I have not stopped up until recently like it, it really took like the birth of Henry to break me out of that yeah and there's been moments because when we were first meeting each other it was photography yeah that you're obsessed with yeah and it's always been an obsession um in all parts of my life but it's been which was a job 
is yeah. still a job. It's all about work, though, and or it has been, and I'm still working on it, but I don't know. I've always thought that it's interesting that we've had very similar raisings, you know. We have. And, and then very different results, I think. I think if I had to give advice for people, I don't know why we're talking about advice. Why are we talking about advice? We don't have I just want people to get some value out of this, I think is what it It, is. It makes you feel like you're giving more value whenever you specifically say, this is your value point. Yeah, I'm not trying to like say that we know more than other people at any point. I'm just trying, I want you to understand something that we, some mistakes that, that we've made. And I think the biggest one for me is that there must be value given to like your spouse's opinions and value that you give and, and like put some action to that. Because if just because I felt like work was everything and that we had to put everything on hold to achieve our goal of the house, the half yard and not the dog, right? Like I think that now it's all about those moments in between. Mm-hmm. And those hold the same value. They do. I hear you. They do. I know that. And I do know that. And I still struggle like just just to give you some proof, right? We went out on a trip, right? Yeah. Why'd that happen? We gotta go. We had to go take a break. I was too consumed with it. I caught myself doing that again. Boom. Gotta go. And, and we it did. wasn't long. It was one night. It was two two afternoons and yeah. one night. And we reset. Yeah. <sighs> I think it's important to know where your partner's at and meet them halfway. So like for me, I'm not anti-work. I feel like I that's know. the that's the know. color I'm being painted. I didn't paint you that color. I mean, you're just right. you're you're wearing that yourself. You helped me find a new gear because whenever I was teaching full, I mean, what, 70 kids, I was a full-time teacher. And then I'd come home and I would work in the coffee shop or I would come home and even better um, prepping for the coffee shop, like yeah. sanding wood and painting floors and mix and mortar. Okay. You know, like stuff like that. It, or uh, you work all week, you do a, um, um, what is it called, presentation, uh, and then you've got a, a wedding or two weddings that weekend. Yeah. And you're on your feet for hours. Yeah. I love it. I love it, too. I love weddings. (laughs) I really, really, really want to shoot a wedding. It's been something I've really missed since Henry. But I'll have my chance again. I'll I'll be back in the field soon. I'm I'm really excited about that. Um, But, like, I I would have just thought I've hit my limit. But then there's, like, just like whenever you're running, it's like there's another gear. I can go faster. I can go farther. See, I I, can work harder. I don't want to keep on. I can stay up later. I know you can. I can (laughs) run, and I can grab the bride's dress that is about to get um, caught underneath the golf cart. Yeah. Which it did. Plus for another time, I guess. I can't wait to share wedding stories. Oh, we should do a segment on wedding stories. We should, like, the time that the dress got caught in the golf cart. Or and then I pinned it back together with There's so many groom before stories. Before the first dance. So many, so many groomsmen just getting drunk and then falling off things. Woohoo! There's, like, a whole category of that. Oh, I'm excited. Okay, we're, we need to wrap this thing up. But, um, yeah, this has been a different type of podcast experience, I think, for us. This has been nice. Well, we've not had a whole lot of experience. I mean, a whole 
two podcasts. I'm feeling great. I feel like we've got this under our belt, and we can shoot off a couple more. Okay, so when's our next time of broadcasting? I'd like to go weekly. Okay. How are you feeling with that? Yeah, let's do daily. Wow. I didn't see where that gets us. I'd like to maybe come back to that. Okay. Well, that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Act Natural podcast with John and Courtney. We will see you in the next one.